Come to Him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Welcome to Living Stones. Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Each week, Ken and Deacon Harold help listeners deepen their relationship to Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. I'm Deacon Harold Burke Sibbers, the co-host of Living Stones, and I am a permanent deacon here in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon and have a dynamicdeacon.com as my apostolate where I travel and speak on, on, the, on the teachings and the, the, the beauty and truth of the Catholic faith. And I'm joined by my good friend, Ken Hellenius. Hey, Deacon Harold. It's a joy to be back here in studio with you. Uh, I'm, I am Ken Hellenius. I am a catechist uh, and a... Uh, university administrator here in Portland, but uh, I am just uh, delighted to be continuing on this journey and continuing in this conversation. Uh, Our first two shows uh, of Living Stones have been a great start to what is uh, already proving to be a a neat opportunity to share the faith and to share the joy of being Catholic. So, yeah, I can't think anything better. You know, I, I just, I just love my Catholic faith and, uh, you know, and people comment like after our talk, they'll say, Oh, you're, you're just so passionate. I just say, I just love being Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so were you yeah. always Catholic? Were you baptized Catholic as a child? I'm actually the first baptized Catholic in the history of my family. No kidding. Yeah. My mother was a Methodist and okay. became Catholic. Uh, so she didn't have to be rebaptized, of course, but she got sure. confirmation of First Communion yeah. uh, as a teenager, and my father had no faith at all. So, okay. uh, so, uh, but I'm the oldest of their union and marriage, yeah. so hence I'm the first baptized Catholic. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, I I was baptized uh, at age three at the vigil, so I always think of that Easter as my birthday too. So, oh, uh, I mean, I don't remember it, but you yeah. know, but yeah, yeah. it's uh, so here we are. We're both uh, we're we're both from childhood. That's right. That's a good thing. Well, last week we talked about education, catechesis, and faith formation. Uh, Again, every week we're going to be visiting one of the pastoral priorities of the uh, Archdiocese of Portland that Archbishop Sample has has written about. And you can review those, again, on our website, livingstonesmedia.org. But last week we talked about education, catechesis, and faith formation. And believe it or not, we got a bit sidetracked. You and I, I don't know how it happens, but we were talking about some of the methods of how we grow in our faith, how we grow in our understanding of the faith. And we hit upon and really started talking about the, the source and summit of our faith formation is the liturgy, specifically the Eucharist. And so it was a little preview of what we're going to be talking about today, because this week's topic is to really talk about, as the Archbishop of Portland described it, the revitalization, renewal, and reform of divine worship and the sacraments. And really, in this conversation, it, it's important that we begin with what are we even talking about when we say the sacraments, renewal of of the sacraments, because 
the liturgy, everybody goes on Sunday, and but sacraments are something that happens once in a while, and you you might see a baptism, but that's that's about it, and, you're, and you kind of move on. But the sacraments are this ongoing relationship that that strengthens us. That and so, what is a sacrament? And that's what we'll talk about today. But what is it? Do yeah, you... the, the classical definition is uh, which is not very edifying. But we're gonna. But see, that's the whole point of the show. We're gonna break it open. That's right. right. We're gonna edify. We're gonna edify. That means to build up the stones. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So it's uh, sacraments are sensible signs instituted by Christ that confer grace, and by the action of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, they convey what they signify, and transmit what they contain. Woo. <laughs> you don't say. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, there's a lot there's going a lot on going there. On we there. definitely need to break that open for sure. Uh, so so it's something that you can... So first, so first let's break, take, take each part of that. Yeah. So sensible signs. Sensible signs. So like visible, touchable, smellable, feelable. Engages every one of our senses. Okay. You know, so yeah. again, we, you know, uh, we, we, uh, there's a, a tactileness to the sacraments, you know, Tactility water. Even. Yeah, tactile. Yeah. So yeah. you pour the water, you, the, this water, so you feel the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hear the words of the, of, the, uh, of the priest, which is the words of Jesus Christ. You know, I absolve you, speak, yeah. using his name of the priest. Um, in confirmation, there's the, the, the bishop's hand being laid on your head and the, and the oil. The smell of that beautiful the chrism, chrism yeah. that's placed on your... I mean, so there's a tactfulness to each of the to each yeah. one of the sacraments. It engages us, body, mind, heart, soul, everything. It's holistic. And what I really like about it, about this kind of tactility is, it's, again, it's touchable. It's something that we can see, smell, hear, and feel. Um, like, it, it's incarnational. Incarnational, exactly. So, I mean, God exists... But it was in the incarnation of Jesus Christ where we actually touched God. Yes. And this is, for us, the critical piece. This is why the sacraments are such a powerful sign for us. They use natural, everyday things that we see. We know what bread is. We know what wine is, what oil is. We take a bath so we know what it means to be washed. Mm-hmm. Um these are all experiences that we have in our lives, but they are transformed and changed in the concept of the sacraments. Yes. So what's the next part of the, the definition? Is, but, yeah, just one more go, piece about oh, the tactiles. I, I want to draw an analogy here, or not analogy, but, but, but Christ talks about, uh, you know, he's, he's walking through the crowd, and people are bumping up against him, and they're surrounded. Yeah. And he says, who touched me? And the apostles like, Jesus, we're surrounded by t- everybody. Everybody's touched you, but we meant touch them in faith. Yeah. Touch them in faith. So so when we encounter Christ in the sacraments, we're not just touching him. We're not just receiving this Eucharist and we just go out and just, right. I mean, if we touch him in faith, that's when the sacraments can have true power in our life. Okay. Because we're encountering him in faith. Yeah. You know, we just don't just show up and just receive the Eucharist and go home. I mean, Christ can't do anything with us unless we're open to receiving what he wants to give us in faith. Yeah. So I just wanted to... No, that's an important... That is an absolutely important... It's in the... What we bring to the sacraments is our faith. Um, There is a... There is a... a, um, uh, a principle in theology that the church actually also supplies faith where it is lacking too. And that it's... The, the sacrament itself, um, as, as the church says, the attention or state of the recipient can affect 
the fruits. They can affect how much it affects the person, but not their efficacy because God is always faithful. God cannot deny himself. And sacramentum means a promise or an oath. Uh, And so this is an oath by God that says that what is being signified here actually will happen. And that's a great mercy. That is a great mercy and a great promise from God who cannot deny himself to us. We all have the experience of, we've all gone to a, to a mass where it sometimes seems father is phoning it in mm-hmm. and you wonder, maybe it's father's fourth mass of the day and he's exhausted, yeah. Yeah. but no matter whether or not father's tired, what is happening here is still truly Christ present because Christ is the one who does it. Christ is the one performing the sacraments. The sacraments aren't Christ alone either. They are an action of the entire Trinity That's and the right. Trinity in in its love for one another is that love is overflowing to us and that promise of efficacy as it says so if i'm not paying attention if i go to you know if i if i receive holy eucharist and i'm not in a state of grace the effects on me may be less but god is still god still loves me but it's the efficacy is there, but the fruits are not poured out in the extent that they could. Yeah, to the I think it was Saint Augustine who talked about the sacraments work ex opera operato mm-hmm. from the work worked. Yeah, yeah. So from the work it, itself, it does, yeah. right? From the work itself, yeah. It, which is which is powerful because we're all sinners. Yeah, you know, and th- I think that's a, a mercy that God has given to us. The fact that the priest, you know, you get me, he, he maybe just dialing in or just whatever, but yeah. the fact that. Christ still shows up in every sacrament. He still shows up. This is what the letter to the Hebrews is all about. Mm -hmm. And it's why Christ's priesthood was effective once for all, because he, as the priest offering the sacrifice, didn't need to offer it for himself. That's right. All of us who are sinful, we are part of the one priesthood of Christ, but we're not entirely there yet. On the other side of the veil, we will be. Yes. You know, Amen. once we cross into heaven, we will be truly worshiping in the greatest possible way. All right. um, yeah. So okay. So sensible, so, signs, so sensible signs instituted by Christ. Okay. So, so this all, is again Christ does each of yes. these seven sacraments. Yes. And that's something we didn't say. There are seven sacraments. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. We we kind of missed that. So, and, and we should probably talk yeah. about the the grouping of them. Yeah. Well. Okay. How, yeah. So we talk about the sacraments of initiation. We talk about baptism, confirmation, and the Eucharist. So these are the three foundational sacraments. Baptism is the washing that that uh, and we'll we'll actually go into these deeper. Yeah, we'll go into each in, in one deeper. So, so yeah. sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, and the Eucharist. Uh, the sacraments of healing are reconciliation or penance and anointing of the sick. Uh, and both of those can be received multiple times in our life. Each of the sacraments of initiation, baptism and confirmation, are only received once. Eucharist is, as often, you know, uh, we should be receiving Eucharist every day if you can. Um, reconciliation and anointing of the sick are the sacraments of healing. And then what we call the sacraments at the service of communion, marriage and holy orders. These are these speak to the, um, to the social order of, uh, of the church and of the world. Uh, so marriage and, and holy orders or ordination. So Yeah, and, and three of those sacraments leave what's called an indelible or permanent mark on the soul. So baptism, confirmation, and those who receive holy orders um, have that, that, that permanent mark or charism 
on their souls forever. I mean, so so I'm Deacon Harold here on earth, but I'll also be a deacon in heaven. Now I don't know what that means. Right. I don't know how I'll be but 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 that doesn't mean and, and that doesn't mean better than, by the way. The fact that you're not ordained, Ken, doesn't mean that I'm better than you because I'm ordained and you're not. Right. That's nothing to do. You have a different vocation. I have a different vocation. It's a different yeah. cause. That doesn't mean one is better than the other one. Right. You know, it's just a different way that Christ calls and equips the church and equips people within that church to serve the body of Christ. And everyone does it differently. Everyone has different talents. Everyone has different gifts. Yeah. But it all is for the building up for the edification of the body of Christ. As it says, at the service of communion. That's right. At the service of the community. Amen. So, absolutely. So, okay. So, those are the seven sacraments. Yep. So, uh, back to yeah, our definition. So, they are instituted by, by Christ, Christ. That confer grace. Okay, so they actually, that's what we were talking about earlier. The fruits of the sacraments are the gift of grace. This is a true gift from of God that in some cases it infuses it into the soul. So for baptism, baptism. It, it washes us free of all sin and it configures us to Christ. Confirmation is the gift of the Holy Spirit that seals uh, and strengthens uh, yes. Eucharist is our way bread for the journey, as I like to think of it. You know, it's a kind of a cheesy phrase in some ways, but mm-hmm. it's entirely true. It's how we are nourished and and evermore configured to Christ every day, uh, every time we receive the Eucharist. But it also, it feeds us. It is, um, we become what we receive, as the song says. That's right. The, and, it's, and we'll talk about, obviously, we're going to talk about each well, as we go yeah, more forward in each forward, of the shows, exactly. we're going to focus on each one. But there's some beautiful, um, you know, like an Old Testament foreshadowings or, or what we call typology or images yes. or types that lead us. You know, for for example, I think about um, Ezekiel and the de- wandering around. And, and uh, is it Ezekiel right that that uh, it, it was at the Easter Vigil we read it the dead bo- or no uh, the dead bones the dry bones no well, he gets the bread the strength them for the journey Ooh. because he oh, yes. yeah because he's yes. he's wandering around and then he yep. he I think he's under the tree and then he he gets some he, he gets some bread that strengthens him for the rest of the journey yeah yep. uh, and then and, and he's w- nourished only by that he's but, he's nourished yeah. only by that right yeah. and, and then he yeah, and exactly. the manna in the desert is, exactly. a, is a typology exactly. is a type exactly. of the Eucharist uh, uh, the Red Sea the crossing of the Red Sea is a type of baptism a type of baptism it, yeah. because it's it's uh, you know passing through that which can kill I mean. Baptism is a bathing in water, which can be both a washing and it can also be dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. We are, as Paul says, do we? Do you not know you who are baptized into Christ are baptized into His death? So that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, okay, so they are instituted by Christ um, that confer grace confer and grace. by the action of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, so again, it's an action of the Trinity because it's an offering by Christ given to us and and uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit offered to the Father in all in all these cases. Mass is an example. The, the Holy Eucharist is an example. We begin with the sign of the cross. The Eucharistic prayer itself is we invoke the Holy Spirit upon the gifts which are transformed into Christ and offered as it sa- as we always say at the at the doxology at the end of the uh, of the Eucharistic prayer through him Christ with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit all glory and honor That's to yours right. almighty Father. So it's an offering to the Father. So, um, okay. So yeah. So by acts of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, they convey what they signify. Okay. And transmit what they contain. So baptism looks like a washing. It looks like a bathing, and it it does. It washes dirt off the outside, but it also washes spiritual dirt off the inside. Right. It exactly. washes us of sin. That's right. And reconciliation, penance does the same thing. You are told. 
I forgive you. This is the words of Christ. You know, I absolve you of your sins and it actually happens. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, the way I like to describe it to folks in RCIA, uh, when we get to this part of the definition, it's like when you pull up to a stop sign, now the stop sign is a sign. It's a, you know, a, a red sign with white letters arranged in a particular order. S T O P shaped like an octagon. Right. And, and so the sign tells you something. So when you look at the sign, you stop your car, but it's not efficacious. The sign doesn't stop your car. All right. You stop the car, but in sacraments, it actually, the sacrament the actually does. Yeah. Not only do you stop the car, but the, the, the sign will like, would jump out and like stop your car. Sure. More like it, a barrier. Yeah. Like a, right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so I mean, but sacraments are barriers, but the idea is that yeah, right. the sacraments, you know, transmit what they contain, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is God's love, God's grace, God's mercy. And, and they convey what they signify, you know, so it's not just a sign. It actually a sign that does something in your life. That's efficacious. Awesome. That's yeah. a beaut- That's, that's a beauty sacraments. I mean, it's literally an encounter with seven, spe- not the seven only ways, no. but seven specific ways in which we counter encounter the living God deeply and personally. And I think the key to really living the sacraments is understand that we have to cooperate with that grace, that God doesn't force his love. I'm going to put this communion in your mouth and you're going to love me. It doesn't work that way. We have to cooperate with what Christ is trying to do in our life through the sacramental life of the church. Yeah. I, that's uh, for me, the beauty of the, the sacraments is that they are invitations as much as they are efficacious. They are also invitations. When I go to a baptism and I witness a baptism of a a little child, nothing for me is happening in the baptism, but it is an invitation to recall my own baptism. It is an invitation to rejoice that the church is growing today. Today, this child has been claimed for Christ. This child is now my my brother or sister in Christ because they have been washed of their sins. We are now in communion together. So it is an invitation for those of us who witness the sacraments. And it's also efficacious for those who are participating in them. You know, and sometimes there's a there's a disconnect. For example, if people knew, just in John 6, that Jesus really gives himself to his body, blood, soul, divinity, Eucharist, but yet they don't go to Mass. Yeah. I mean, how... how so there's a disconnect right. in between the sacraments and people's lived experience in the Catholic Church today. Yeah. They know they've been baptized, but they don't care. Yeah. What, the, what does that mean for them today? It's something that happened to them back when they were little kids. Yeah. But what power does it have in their life? Oh, they were confirmed. And I, I hear that from parents all the time. I don't understand, Deacon. My son's away from the church. My grandbabies aren't baptized. He went to mass with us every week. He went to he went to the, the Catholic school. He got confirmed. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, they, they, they tre- treated the sacraments like a subject in school. Right. And they did never really encountered Christ. They never really knew who Christ Jesus is in their life every day. It's like we were talking last it's week. Just, it's just formation. formation. Yeah. So, how, I mean, th- yeah. we, I think we need to address that. Because I think the reason why Archbishop Sample is making this a pastoral priority, because he sees uh, the way people are not receiving the sacraments, but he doesn't really see people living from a sacramental life, really living a sacramental existence. Yeah. Um, they're just existing. And that, and that makes us indistinguishable from everybody else in the culture. Right. But the sacraments configure us more to Christ. So when people see us, they see Christ. 
And that's not the case uh, many times. I'm not just the Pacific Northwest, but in a lot of places uh, around the country, we just look like everybody else. We're not living a sacramental reality. Our kids are leaving the faith because they don't know Jesus. You know, and I and think they don't that, see the joy in our lives of participating in the sacraments. They don't see the the way that it transforms us. Um, they have to cooperate. We are not signs. Yeah, but how do we cooperate yeah, with the do, grace then? I mean, yeah. we know the grace is there. We we yeah. know it's there, but but like I said, God's not going to force us to love Him. He's not going to give us baptism and say, okay, because you have baptism, you always, we can say no to that. Yeah. You know, in the Garden of Eden, it says we, you may freely choose, right? Because he, right. he gives us free will. Because in covenant relationship, you have to be free or else it's, or else it's, or else it's slavery. Yeah. You know, so the, the, the first tenet of a covenant relationship has to be free. Because love that's freely given has to be freely reciprocated. So you're right, Ken. He invites us. He gives us. His love and his life in those sacraments, but yet we're not reciprocating that love back. Why? Yeah. Why? 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 Why does that happen? There are two phrases that I'm reminded of from the from the Gospels. One is uh, at, at as the um, disciples were on the boat and Christ was was uh, coming across on the water and. But or no, actually, as Christ was asleep in the back of the boat and and the waves were crashing over and. The, one of the disciples says, Lord, save us for we are perishing. That is a prayer. That is a prayer that we can pray too. That says, and then the other phrase that I'm reminded of, reminded of is, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Ah, uh, yes. You know, I mean, yes, we can pray yes, for yes. deeper faith and we should pray for deeper faith. Even those of us who, who you know, are are blessed with the grace to practice our faith every day and to have this animate our lives, we too should pray and we should pray for ourselves and for those around us. We pray. Do you pray for your family? Do you pray for your, you know, your sisters and brothers who, who may have fallen away from the faith, your adult sisters and brothers who have fallen away from the faith prayer for those around us, not in a superior way, but in a way that says, Lord, I love you and I appreciate what you have done for me, the mercy you have shown me. I ask that you shower your mercy and love upon my brothers and sisters so that they can see it too. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're, we're learning sacraments, but we're not living sacramentally. Yeah. I think, that, I think yeah. that's the issue. Um, we, we need that deeper connection. And so I, that's why I'm, I'm so glad uh, that this is a pastoral priority for the Archbishop. I think it's a very important pastoral priority because uh, it really sacraments to the heart of yeah. what really what it means to be Catholic, to, to live the sacramental existence. You know, um, it, it's, it, it leads us into evangelization. It leads us into a life of prayer. Um, it leads us into this deeper encounter mm -hmm. uh, with, with the living God. Uh, who loves us, and yeah. we got we got that's the key, right? Pope Emeritus Benedict uh, started off with a, a, a trio of of uh, well, God, Deus Caritas S God is love, and then the Apostolic Exhortation, um, Deus Caritas, I mean, uh, car, uh, Sacramental Caritatis, the Sacrament of Charity, Sacrament of Love, the Eucharist, love, yeah. Yeah. right? And then, and then uh, Caritas and Veritate, love and truth. So that's really the heart, this love affair with with uh, Christ and the sacraments. We are given a great gift in the sacraments, and we are invited to share those with others. We do have to appreciate them and live sacramentally, as you say. Um, in the 
in the next few weeks, when we continue to talk about these kind of going forward, uh, we're going to explore each of the sacraments uh, over the next couple months uh, on their own, so that we can see what are the what are the fruits, what are ways that here in the uh, Archdiocese of Portland in Western Oregon, how can we actually, um, what what are the challenges that we face around this particular sacrament and things like that? I think especially we're going to be aware of of marriage and family life as well as one of those sub priorities. We'll be talking a lot about the sacrament of marriage uh, as well and some of the challenges that we face there. But uh, in Psalm 85, uh, the psalmist writes, mercy and faithfulness have met, justice and peace have embraced. One of the ways that we actually can best invite others around us to participate in the sacraments is to show them mercy and to be people of peace in our own lives and to show, let the love of God and the mercy of God radiate through us. We're going to talk in future about the upcoming Extraordinary Jubilee of Mercy that uh, Archbishop her Archbishop of Rome, uh, Pope <laughs> Francis, uh, has declared that will begin in December. We'll be talking about that, but it's all about this mercy and love of God. And that's what the sacraments radiate to us, and that's what we need to be instruments of as well to those around us. In the gospel this past weekend uh, for Ascension Sunday, we heard Christ speak to the apostles at the Ascension, and uh, he actually told them to go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Ah, I like that. It's not just whoever believes, but it's who believes and is baptized. The sacraments are at the core of the Catholic and Christian faith. And this is the invitation that Christ uh, issues, the invitation and the command that he issues to us as his disciples to proclaim the gospel to all creatures and to invite them to believe and be baptized. So, And one of the most powerful witnesses is by the witness of our life. That's you it. You know, one of the, the endings at Mass is, right, go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's absolutely key. So what's the takeaway this week? I think the takeaway is to be, uh, to, first, to understand the gifts that we have each received in the sacraments that we have received already, because each of us has, in a, in a way, we're already in relationship to Christ. He's already given us these gifts, uh, to appreciate what we have received, and then to share that with others through concrete acts of charity, which is actually what we're going to talk about next week. That's right. So. And I, I like the, the, just the, the, the end here with uh, the quote from Mark Twain, the two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. And I think the sacraments help us to find out why. Absolutely. Friends, thank you very much for joining us again this week. Uh, we hope that you have a blessed week, and we look forward to you joining us next week here on Living Stones Radio. I'm Ken Hellenius. I'm Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers. May we have your blessing. Yeah, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, produced through the facilities of Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this program and other Mater Day Radio productions, you can log on to materdayradio.com. That's M A T E R D E I radio.com.